0: 3, 2, 1,
1: That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time Podcast, a recording of the experiences past and present of everyday people. Yes indeed! Yes, and, 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 and now, here's your host. The one, the only, let's go! Asher Chua. Hey, welcome to the podcast, David. It's been a having me back. Yeah. Um, just to introduce you to the audience, I know we, we've worked together, spoken a few times, but I always like to ask the question who do you say you are?
2: Uh, right now, I'm a college student. That's it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot in
2: that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just. Right now I'm someone who's at a point in their life is mature enough to pursue more education mm-hmm. and to appreciate it. And, uh, I'm a coach to many in the mm. San Francisco and the Bay Area, whether I coach them in climbing or I coach them in weightlifting. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I guess I'm a husband to my wife. <laughs>
1: oh yeah that's so <laughs> that's awesome
2: so yeah i mean i'm just uh hanging out yeah doing my thing it's fun
1: it's funny that the first time we spoke i think you were getting ready to go into college like take your first set of mm-hmm. classes and then we spoke again and you'd taken two and now this is this would be your second semester or your third semester third semester mm, nice yeah so did you decide to load up this time around no <laughs> <laughs> smart smart
2: no i, I i've you know kind of like our first time we met on the first episode we did together mm-hmm. we, we spoke of like mental health and things mm-hmm. like that and i'm trying to like really maintain a healthy balance of work school and relationship mm. because the school is something that i know that i need to progress my business that i I have now started since we last spoke.
1: Oh, nice. Congratulations. Thank
2: you. Thank you. So it's like I need schooling and certain things in place to help my business grow. But I know that if I do a hundred percent of school or you know full time workload of school, mm-hmm. that I'd probably be miserable, mm-hmm. like just not happy. Yeah. And that my job brings me like joy and happiness. Mm-hmm. So I want to maintain a healthy balance of both. Yeah. So if I feel like if, if I was doing school all the time, then it's I would just be like stressed out, yeah. anxious all the time. So I don't want to put myself that place
1: mm, especially coming from that environment we both came from where it was just like high stress 24 7 just about work until you drop exactly and once you drop you kind of wise up and you're like maybe i don't want to do that again
2: so you know i thankfully i have some friends who um are like in the military and they are going to school at the same time and my one buddy he's finishing up his master's right now and I was talking to him and he's saying it took him five years mm. just to get his uh, bachelor's. Yeah. And I was like, that's realistic. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I don't, I, I know I don't want to take more than five years to achieve a bachelor's, but to hold myself to that four year schedule, mm.
1: I don't have to.
0: Yeah.
2: So, you know, taking only two or three classes at a time to where I can maintain a healthy, balanced life.
1: Yeah. It also helps that you've actually worked um, outside of, outside of college, like you didn't go just right into it. And I I think that that kind of gives you a different perspective where when you're going into college now, because like a lot of um, like myself, I went into college directly out of high school, but I had like a vague idea of what I wanted to do. And it it just so happened that the more classes I kept taking, they worked in my favor. But for me, it it took five and a half years because I did the the co-op and just being able to have real life work experience working around real people that are just like well this is what you might get from this degree or this is what you won't get it really helps and for you working as like a boiler maker actually being on your own not having to depend on like say like depending isn't a bad thing but not having to like not know how the work the world works and just being like okay like this is what i like in life these are my pursuits i like rock climbing i like music. I like being around this type of group where I don't like being around like this negative energy. It really brings you into this focus when you're going now as a college student and you're like, okay, like I'm going to do this. And I'm, I know that this route works for me. Like if somebody else is like, oh yeah, I did this in four years, two years. What it's like, Hey, good, good for you. That's, that's just not my, that's not my cup of tea. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, and also to kind of piggyback off what you're saying about like a person coming out of high school going into college versus someone now i'm in my mid-30s you know mm-hmm. when you're fresh out of high school you don't have a lot of bills mm-hmm. you know <laughs> So it's like I'm an adult, I have bills, you know, mm. and my partner and I we like to have a fun life. So working too it helps contribute to our finances that way she's not 100% um, you know, I uh, having to bring the money in, you mm. know. Yeah. It helps her out because I mean she doesn't have to work all the time too. Mm. You know. So it's really us, you know, the whole married thing is new to both of us. Yeah. And we're, you know, both of us trying to maintain balance in our personal work lives and our shared life together Mm. and you know one of one of the ways to i feel like you know part of that balance too is just me bringing money to the table as well Mm. so
1: is that something you you guys discussed before getting married or just like making the decision to get married
2: well originally at first she was just like you don't need to get a job at all Mm. and then i got the coaching job at the climbing gym and that was all started off only you know like two days a week and now it's evolved to a full-time job Mm -hmm. and i'm happy about it it's fun yeah so
1: that's a nice byproduct.
2: And what's nice is uh I've finally gotten to a point where I have a set schedule. Mm-hmm. So it's I have weekends off. I only work Monday through Thursday. So then it's like an easy shift. I work from eleven thirty in the morning till seven thirty at night. It's so like that's I can cool. wake up, spend the morning with uh Lindsay, mm-hmm. hang out, I can work on homework. And then while i'm at work it's not busy in the middle of the day i can work on homework yeah. while doing the duties i need to do around the gym and then in the evening time kids show up i coach the kids then i go home like
1: that's awesome
2: and then i have friday saturday sunday off
1: yeah i guess what's it been like being a coach in this capacity because before um you were you were still a rock climbing coach beforehand right
2: yeah i mean what are you talking about in georgia or yeah
1: like in georgia yeah. you, you train um kids or other people like how to rock climb but like Mm -hmm. now being in the coach and the capacity that you're in like in a new environment and like I think are you coaching people to rock climb or are you coaching people to strengthen condition? Both. I'm both. doing both. Gotcha. Okay.
2: Yeah. I uh, Monday through Thursday I coach kids in climbing. Mm-hmm. And then I have private lessons throughout the week with people for climbing, mm-hmm. as well as I have my own clients for weightlifting. And that then makes I, sense. I do two group workout classes a week. So or three rather, two at one gym and one at another. But yeah. And yeah, the coaching, it's, it's fun. Like, you know, of course, like anything else, you're not going to get a hundred percent buy-in from every kid and that's to be expected. Mm-hmm. But the, those that are there that truly want to like learn and get better, you see them grow and you build these like little relationships with them. And it's fun. The yeah. kids, like they kind of depend on you. The parents kind of depend on you. You know, I get emails or questions from parents just, Hey, we noticed, you know, whatever. Do you think you could talk to my kid? Cause they really listen to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I feel like I, I allow myself to take on more than I think the job itself. I feel like that just that is part of being a coach, though. Yeah, so it's really nice.
1: It is good. It's good to see that like you're able to do more being in a in a better place. Like we talk about just being healthier holistically and just like you're Like physically, you're training yourself and like mentally, like your sound. And like, does that, has that helped you be more emotionally expressive? Or like, do you even think about that? Like just being able to like process emotions? Because I think last time you talked about like having to, um, like figuring out why loud noises might make you jumpy.
2: Yeah. I've, I've become much better at processing in the moment and understanding what's going on in the moment. Mm. So there's been improvement. That's good. And you know, what's nice too, working with kids is they're more often than not, they're a mirror. Mm. So it's like, I'm looking and talking to these kids and it brings me back to my childhood.
1: Mm. That's, and that's like,
2: I'm looking at myself and it's like, okay, how would I react to this? How would I want the adult to speak to me? What's, it's like,
1: that, what's that been like?
2: What's like a second chance, in a sense? Yeah, not on not on my end, but it's given them the chance not to have to go through what I went through. Mm,
1: I like that. It's that's a good perspective. It's I've been reading this book called The Little Boy in Me, and oh. it's uh, have you heard of it?
2: No, I'm gonna have to look that one up.
1: Yeah, it, it's I think it's been it was written by a a pastor. I've got to look up his name, but I don't have it close by, so I'll run and grab it. But mm-hmm. I'll share it with you later. There's the the theme in it as far as i gathered just from reading the first chapter is like recognizing that inner child and kind of reconciling with with him or her depending on um like where you find yourself presently in life and and it was funny to me because i had a conversation last week with a buddy of mine charles and he he made a statement that kind of caught me off guard and it took me a moment to process it and he said i'm not enough and that's okay in the context of living this life where it feels like you constantly have to do more and more you have to achieve as a guy you have to um, him being married, it's like I've, if I do so many things, then my wife will appreciate me. If I do all of this for her, if I do all of this, I'll be validated. If I like, it's like all of my actions will bring me um, the rewards that I'm seeking. And it's mm. in addressing that little boy is like what is it that i didn't get as a child like you were just saying like getting a second chance to allow this child to respond in the way that they feel heard or maybe seen by the adult not just like this domineering force and yeah for me it was funny because i'm working with the guys and i feel like most of my life i've worked with guys that are blue-collar working out in the field i i enjoy it because it's like half the time you're out in the field half the time you're in the office And like, you know, guys, like kind of start teasing you, They'll, they'll make small jokes. And it's like, it's not meant to hurt you. But it's like, I felt myself like being calm on the outside, but kind of like riled up internally. And then I was like, I feel tired. Is it because I woke up so early this morning just getting my routine in, trying to um, just better myself physically mentally like get get my day started not just for work but for myself to be like hey so long as I go through my routine I do quiet time do my devotional do some exercise like just move my body physically I show up to work full like I don't show up like I just rolled out of bed like I don't want to do this but as I was feeling all of that angst so to speak for like the the silliest little comment i'm like why am i responding like this to being teased and i thought back and i was like oh okay like i feel like the little kid who's like being told oh you're too slow you're not fast enough you're not this so it's like okay then am i i'm going out of my way to do more to be like okay if i if i move quick enough even though i know for whatever reason, like I can't physically move that quick or they say something about, oh, this, that, and the other. And it's like, is that true though? And like and me see. recognizing that it's not true, I'm like, they're just teasing and it's okay that the teasing's there. But I told myself in that moment, I'm not enough of what they say I am. And that's okay because it's like, they know it's not true. I know it's not true, but the only way that this this cycle or like this anxiousness works is if I respond and then once you respond to something, it's like, oh, now I got you. Kind of like pulling your chain, it's like, okay. But then if it they're good enough guys to know that if it goes too far, okay, let's pull back. Or if you don't respond, it's like, ah, you're no fun. But then once I was able to recognize that this is the inner child for me, whether it was like the eight year old, the fifth grader, the middle schooler, the high schooler, and I was like, huh, why do I feel like that? And I'm like, I'm not that like (laughs) I've gotten past that. It's like, yes, I might be slower, but I understand that it's just going to take me some time. But once I take my time with this pretty accurate like i'll be right on point and it's like even yeah. when i'm not accurate or fully on point you make mistakes like nobody's perfect there's nothing wrong with that so just well, I, I feel I've, though mm-hmm.
2: in in uh the construction setting that that group of people mm-hmm. they don't understand boundaries mm. <laughs> and looking back because you know i used to be one of the jokers too mm-hmm. it's Tells a lot about the person. They're constantly having to joke around and nitpick someone else. Mm-hmm. That's their insecurities coming out of them. Mm-hmm. And if they can't understand boundaries of like, hey, we're at work. We don't need to constantly be like ragging on each other or like, you know, now that I'm not in that environment, I'm not around that at all. Mm-hmm. It's like that stuff was just unnecessary. It's unprofessional. Well,
1: yeah. I guess I, I I can agree with you, especially to the extent where people kind of take it over the top. But like, um, what was it? The I've always found that the camaraderie, at least in a healthy sense, has been some way to break up the mundane because like the jokes help in a sense to where like we're working with the machine and it just constantly keeps breaking down. Like you got to take it in, get it kind of patched up and things like that. And and it's like it reminded me of something I I told um, this college student that I was working with at Home Depot last year. And it was like I would say something kind of in jest and say it with a smile on my face. But she would be focusing on something else and just being like, life is so difficult. Like I'm going into my last semester and I would like try to encourage her and things. But I would just say like, hey, just look at my face. And it's like, I looked at their face and like, they can't even hold a straight face as they were saying what they were saying. I was like, Ah, uh, you guys are great. Like yeah. just just being able to have that levity, but it's like that's very different. Like you're saying to just where like somebody would just go and they just kept going and going and going. It's like that not being able to respect those types of boundaries that that does end up being a problem, and it does show that I'm only validated by how much I can get you to react. Like if I every single day have to be on you just to like, oh, you're not this, you're not that. What what? It's like yeah, yeah those guys may have a problem
2: and we worked with plenty of them so
1: yeah but so I guess what is it? What's it looking like now? Are Are you gonna do something for Halloween with just as the year's kind of coming to a close, or do you get into like no. the holiday spirit, anything like that?
2: Personally, me, I'm not a holiday person, so I'm just kind of like it's another day. Yeah, <laughs> same. Because <laughs> what Halloween's tomorrow, I think.
1: Yeah, as tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I'll be I'll be working. You know, yeah. I'm sure pe- people may come to the gym dressed up, but I'm just gonna be wearing what I pee, <laughs> shorts and a tank top. <laughs>
1: that's a good look it works pretty easy
2: yeah that's nice so but, uh, I go ahead no it's just uh it's fulfilling coaching
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh it's nice to be able to while I work and I'm coaching and I'm learning I'm also growing my business at the same time so everything mm-hmm. works together and so, kind of like that not feeling pressured to get a degree mm-hmm. start a business and have to make it take off like right away it's like mm-hmm. Planted. I planted the seed, which is starting the business, and now I get to watch it grow.
1: Yeah. What's your business then?
2: It's uh, the business name is Athletic Alchemy, Mm. and it's personal trainer, climbing uh, coach, guide, instructor. So you know, people come to me for programming, whether it's remote or in person, Mm -hmm. and you know, I help them with their. Goals and weightlifting, whatever that may be, and then I take people outside and teach them how to climb. Nice. So you know, I've taken quite a few groups of people out so far, and I've got steady clientele, and I'm about to pick up some more. Mm-hmm. And then the idea is just as I get the education and some certificates that I want to get along the way, it's going to reinforce the business and make me more valuable. And I'm just, right now, it's a matter of networking, get my name out there.
1: Yeah, and that definitely makes sense because it plays right into the strengths of what you've already been doing. So you've got. The experience most definitely
2: what helps is uh not this two weekends ago not this weekend or last weekend we're already mm-hmm. still in the weekend words sorry last weekend <laughs>
0: yeah
2: <laughs> I, uh, I competed in a powerlifting competition mm. and i got first place in my uh, age group nice. so you know it's like good street cred mm. and s- this since then all week at, at the gym i've had so many people that were like congratulate me high fives hugs really excited for me because uh, there's the people that are close with me at the gym they're like yeah bring us back something to the gym you know so i brought back you know the gold medal nice and yeah that's going to help me get more business Get my name out there more yeah especially now that you know that was my first powerlifting competition ever and uh did a lot of networking there and i have another one in march so i hope to see a lot of the same people as well as meet new people and yeah conti- continue to get my name out there in the bay area
1: what did what did that first competition feel like for you
2: i was nervous i was anxious but then when it actually came time to compete mm-hmm. i was focused so like showing up i was yeah i didn't know what was what to expect you know learning the whole process of like how to properly warm up before i you know do my lift and but when it came time for me to to get on the platform and do my lift Mm -hmm. everything went away i was focused Mm -hmm. and i after the first round which is my squat after i got all three of my squats out of the way i was like dialed in for the rest of the competition yeah it was just getting past the unknown
1: It's a funny thing, that little unknown. It's just like, what's yeah. going to happen?
2: Well, what, what I liked the most about it was coming back to work and showing the kids that if you apply yourself and you work hard enough, it puts you at, at greater chances of succeeding, mm-hmm. which that's saying that out loud right now. That's a, I'm writing a research paper right now on something similar to that. And it kind of contradicts what I just said. <laughs> so it's it's kind of funny.
1: Well, break it down for me. <laughs>
2: so, well, speaking of, you know, college, mm-hmm. this semester I'm taking an English class and I'm taking intro to kinesiology. And mm-hmm. the kinesiology class, you'd think I'd be excited about that cuz that's in what I'm doing. It's right. actually really boring. <laughs> because a lot of what i'm learning i learned in my uh, personal trainer class that I took yeah and there obviously there's things that are new to me but it's not like it's anything fun Mm. so like i just i do that work but my english class has been challenging not challenging because it's hard challenging because like it's The content we're we're reading is like really gets you thinking, Mm. has really stirred up a lot of emotions. And we're on our second essay now. And the first essay was like had a lot going on. And I, um, the book we're working to is called Rereading America. And essentially, it's like going through and it's just literally throwing everything back at you. That's kind of backwards, messed up, unjust, unfair in America. Mm-hmm. So it's just like throwing all these intense topics at you. Yeah. And then the first essay that I wrote on, um, the reading was discussing the, the the nuclear family. So the model family from the 1950s that a lot of people... A lot of people that we used to work with still kind of live in that model, or I know a lot of people who still, you know, like, oh, reminisce, so oh, mm-hmm. it'd be nice if we were back in the 50s or something along the lines of that. So I wrote my first essay on, does the modern family still live to that paradigm? But then I challenged it, and I was like, families, the way they operate, the way they function is based off of where they live and influenced by where they lived. So then in my essay, it was kind of a roadmap with lots of supporting evidence on as you travel around the united states depending on where you live your family dynamics are influenced by that if you lived in a more of a rural area like mm-hmm. where we were working at waynesboro yeah you would see more of like that traditional 50s style family yeah. whereas if you go to atlanta or like where I'm at, in san francisco where it's more conservative or not more um, progressive mm-hmm. more liberal then you have a newer more evolved family dynamics mm-hmm. and my professor like when I presented my thesis, she was blown away by that. She's like, whoa. Mm. So now this next one is I'm writing an essay on how the, essentially how the rich keep getting rich and the poor stay poor mm-hmm. and how people say the American dream is if you work hard enough that you can achieve success and you can achieve wealth. Mm. And there's so many people that come here they, from different countries to to get a part of this american dream and the reality is Mm -hmm. it's not attainable for everyone Mm, so i'm breaking this down and i'm i got a lot of different strong points i need to organize and figure out are all of them worth going in this paper or not because i want Mm -hmm. to talk about politicians because right now we're at midterms and how politicians take donations from people to support their base yeah so you got rich people taking money from people that barely have money to give because they believe in (laughs) what. Their policies could potentially be. Yeah. So there's one example. And then right to work states. I got a whole spiel on that. How, you know, if you're in a right to work state, that has a greater um, effect on your job and it keeps a lot of people in their place without room to grow. Unions.
1: (laughs) You know a little bit about them.
2: Well, <laughs> you know, how in the, in the Boilermakers, for example, I can't speak for all of them, but the Boilermakers, those of us that are out there in the field working, our pensions are different from the upper echelon of the unions mm. and how our pension has been taken a hit for a while, whereas theirs hasn't, mm. or where BAs, business agents, make far more money than the people out in the field do. Yeah. And depending on what local you're in and who your business agent is, there's strong opinions on whether or not they're actually out there getting work for you, which circles back around to a right to work state In a right to work state. If you're a union, you don't have a lot of ground to stand on. Mm. Then I'm breaking it down into contracts on jobs, time and material. Mm. You get on a project that's TNM, they load it up with bodies, more bodies, more money for the company. That doesn't mean more money for the people that are working in the field. It just means Mm. more money for the company. And normally under time and material, depending on how everything's set up, they're just wanting to work regular hours, you know? Yeah. So then when you get into overtime, that's where the people in the field make more money, but then really you're not because you're getting taxed. More, mm-hmm. And then if the job does finish on time, the job does get a bonus, bonus goes to the project manager, maybe the superintendent, and it doesn't go much further past that.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's like all these different things in place. Where the rich keep getting rich and the working class and middle class and the lower class just kind of stay where they're at. Yeah. I think it really,
1: it really speaks to also the type of people that you're, you deal with because in like it's rare to see someone that has, that's willing to say, okay, I have enough and I'm willing to give. And also, even like as we say, rich and poor, like even seeing the dynamics in that where it's like, a politician that might be someone that's been a career politician that they may be a millionaire or a six-figure hundred thousandaire it's like if you make a hundred thousand or nine hundred thousand there's a big gap there but it's like let's not pretend that you don't have money and it's mm-hmm. like if you have someone like that or someone that makes 4 million to 50 million complains about oh, this billionaire has all the money. It's like, but wait, didn't I give you money? Like, aren't you? Because it, it, it's funny. And I, I, I think that's a good... I, a- I like your approach and how you're you're going about tackling the different subjects or at least considering them in a way to like how do I present this and how do I address this in yeah. an essay because like in your essay is it page length or like word length
2: like is it It's page. So this one this one is 5 to 7 pages. Mm. And we need to um bring in, you know, the first essay we did our prof- the professor didn't want us to use any other content other than what we were reading in the book. Mm. So we were able to you know pull quotes, stuff like that from the book, but now we're able to pull from the book and go beyond the book and mm-hmm. cite sources. So like today, before I go to work and when I get home from work, mm-hmm. I'm gonna dig around and try to find two or three like really good sources that supports my argument mm. and summarize them. And you know, then I'll start to write the rough draft. But right. yeah, i've I've got my brainstorming process, my document, you know, I've got my my thesis, my working thesis, and then I've got, all my supporting ideas mm-hmm. and i just, just a matter of you know do i need to touch base on all of them or mm-hmm. should i leave some of them out but essentially the bigger idea behind the whole essay is um is the american dream it's something that everyone can achieve mm-hmm. or is it something that is a carrot that's dangled in front of us and some of us are able to g- get a hold of that carrot but most won't yeah because the what we're reading in the book right now is talking about class mm-hmm. and then in the beginning of the reading it was made it very clear that in america as opposed to like other countries like say just like other even other westernized countries like europe we don't really spell out or talk about class and if you look in the media if they talk about anything other than celebrities and politicians and stuff it's either mm-hmm. the middle class or the working class and those yeah. are the words they use right no one no one likes to discuss any other classes and middle class doesn't really describe anyone. It kind of is vague. Yeah. So it's like, we don't talk about our class issues. We actually just kind of sweep it under the rug and we try not to talk about it.
1: Yeah. Hard, hard conversations to have. And it's like, it, it it takes some thinking and like profound thought to actually not only talk about it and address it, but then address it in the way of like, what am I willing to do about it? Because what the one thing I found it, it's funny, like we talk about the American dream and For me, I'll be celebrating 25 years with uh, most of my family in the United States and just being like, um, if I were to ask myself, like, what's the dream part versus like the, the reality? I guess part of the dream, it's like having the opportunity to come to a different country and pursue different ventures that are nowhere near available from where I come from, or it's a lot more difficult. Of course, yes, you have corruption in both areas. but. There's enough of a framework or enough options where you it's not just it's it's not like an all or nothing. And like you're talking about the classes that people don't talk about. It's like there's so much there's something to be said about the attitude someone carries or like the family they grow up in or the mindset they have. But a lot of that has to do with the environment that you're exposed to. And like having the internet, um, what would I say, post 2000 has made like leaps and bounds going from like 2000 to 2005, 2008, when you have social media being introduced to like another five to 10 years, like there's a lot of people that get lost through the strainer. I would say maybe of the dream like if you're you're sifting through noodles it's like yeah there's there's a lot lost and what i hope to to share and even like as you're sharing your perspective is like like different people come from different walks of life and i think it's good to share what the experience is that way you kind of get to compare notes and it doesn't feel like you're on an isolated island because like to your point when it, it comes um it's funny how you, things kind of get spun up when it's election season because it's like you see people that you may never hear from they kind of show up they're like oh hey like this person's the devil this person's yeah. an angel and you kind of sit back and it's like hmm Like what's really going on and it it, the funny thing about it 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 took me back to my english class in college where the first one was focused like this on like critical writing or being able to take a story and pull out points from it and really formulate ideas and the, the second english class looked at i remember one thing in particular we had a project that basically had us make up a political candidate as a fruit and then we were supposed to like Highlight them, and then the the other candidate. We were supposed to like demonize them or whatnot. So, oh wow, I think. <laughs> we our candidate was either a pineapple or their candidate was a watermelon or it could have been vice versa <laughs> but basically in order to smear like like drum up a smear campaign on the other ones we basically came up with um um like i'll say they were the pineapples we came up with like a picture you see somebody's at a strip club or something like that and we just like you you can <laughs> you photoshop or you like blur out someone's face you just stick a pineapple on this person's face and they're like he was caught over here and then yeah. this was over there. And it's funny, even like as it's something that we just made up, you just see the reactions within within the class where people are like, oh my God, I didn't think they were it that far. Like, "Yeah, well, guys, calm down. <laughs> calm down. These are just fruits. These are fruits. These aren't the real thing. But thinking back on that, it makes me look at things now with a careful eye like you're doing and really... Asking the question. And like, as you're asking the question, are you trying to persuade? Or are you laying out facts or just like things as you've seen them?
2: I'm laying, I'm, I'm doing my research and I want to lay out facts i don't want to it's not it's not supposed to be an opinionated thing it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be i you know i can find proof where politician well i mean there is proof out there where you know politicians were using money that was supposed to be for campaigning and having capital gains off of it Mm -hmm. or you know show where things are made a big change for like states that become right to work states and what it does to like be an employee at a company at a right to work state Mm -hmm. versus not how unions play in right to work state versus not, and how like it doesn't necessarily play out in the favor of the person doing the work mm. so you know i've got a lot of research to do a lot of digging in but i'm going to find strong you know points or strong uh, evidence to support my thesis yeah but like one thing that i noticed in, or in the reading that really stuck out to me in terms of like how we approach class or don't approach class mm-hmm. and it really like stirred up some feelings in me because like i've been this person in a younger age. And I've been, we both have been around a lot of these people on the Vogel project. And that's how mm. people shun or look down on people below them. So people that worked at the Walmarts and the McDonald's and the Bojangles and jobs like that. Yeah. And they looked, All oh, those people, they, they looked down on them. And the funny thing is, is a lot of people at vogel went got hired at vogel straight from working at walmart <laughs> mm, <so laughs> oh, it's,
1: it's, it's funny it's like you come from an environment and then once you leave it you're like poo-pooing on where you came from
2: yeah well i'm able to look back at it and see you i was like okay i lived this i got to see this firsthand yeah where people would feel they were better than other people because of their job, or because mm. they were building something, or they were making six figures, that automatically made them better than the person who was yeah. working at the department store. Right. But then right. the person at the department store gets a job at that on that particular project, and all of a sudden they're making the big money, mm. and now they're speaking that same language. Yeah. So it's just it's seeing these different things that happened. Yeah, that isn't
1: that is an interesting dynamic, and the thing. With that project having so many people, it's like you get to see that and you also get to see like the people that I learned to appreciate were the people that were consistent. Like they would talk to a laborer the same way they would talk to a peer, the same way they would talk to a supervisor. Like they wouldn't switch up their character. Like they wouldn't, but they were... I don't know if i want to say they were far and few between but at least they were noticeable like yeah. that's someone i want to aspire to be to like that's someone i want to have a conversation with like people like yourself people like ben people like many of the engineers like people like brad like um even um crumpton like like some of the supervisors oh yeah like crumpton
2: see, yeah he was amazing
1: yeah like you can just amazing. see even someone that's so well respected being talked down to it, it, it would almost make me want to pull up my fist and be like, if you only knew who you were talking yeah, to, exactly. like everybody here would just dogpile you because it's like you don't know, like you just get a, a little bit of like power, just be like, oh, I've got money now. Oh, I'm different. And it's, I always like the saying that says money doesn't necessarily change people, but it 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 reveals. But at the same time, it can have some a bit of influence because some people can lose their way to be like, Oh, like I'm different now. And it's like, no, if if you weren't really clear on who you were before you got what you got or got to where you got, then you can kind of just go with the flow and just be like, Oh, like you're peasants now. Don't talk to me. It's like, okay, buddy. Like, We know we work at the same place you know like we're next door neighbors right like you're not that much better than me
2: i feel like for probably i hope it's not going to be for years like but i still think for quite a few more years to come though Mm -hmm. i'm still going to be like reflecting and looking back and learning from that project yeah because it keeps coming up in different ways in like my school assignment especially like in this english class Mm. the things that I'm reading. And it just, it makes me think about interactions. It makes me think about what life was like in the Boilermakers and mm. the conversations that I had and the, the way different people I worked with and how they viewed life. And it's just like, it's that experience that I got is actually really helping me in college right now.
0: Nice.
2: It's like my, my professor, she loves my writing. You know, I get, I have a, like a 98 in the class right now. And Very I just, nice. I keep pumping out like really good papers. And I'm just like, but I have all this fuel.
1: Mm, it's good to have somewhere to put it.
2: Yeah. Well, she and I talked on a zoom meeting one day and I, I told her this was when, about the first paper that I wrote. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, you know, I feel that I just come to the, I bring more experience to the table than potentially my other classmates because they may only live in San Francisco and they have not traveled like I have, or Mm -hmm. they could be fresh out of high school and they don't have much life experience. But it's like, because I've lived all around the United States and I've traveled all around the world, like, you know, I have just more life experience and seen a lot more things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a discussion every week in our class and reading other people's discussions on whatever topic we're on, you know, I can really kind of by reading, I can kind of gauge about how old they are, (laughs) you know? So it's just like, I just come with a different set of eyes. Yeah. So, and it's helping me out actually.
1: That's good. It's funny because as as I'm growing up and taking on some kind of life experience, I'm learning to see things a bit differently. And I feel like some of my naivety or curiosity may still stay. But like, I I feel that I'm also making room for people where I'm like, Oh, you don't know, you don't know. And it's like, even with my younger brother, there's an eight year gap between us. But like, in the one breath, I would just be like, oh, here's all the things that you need to know. Here's all the things that you're doing wrong. But as I'm looking at myself and just trying to understand better, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm being a little judgmental over here. Like, what's the what's the audacity? And kind of going back to the point you made earlier about like, how would I respond or how would I have liked to get get gotten the information at that age? Yeah, and it's like maybe I need to step off my high horse because I I wouldn't listen to that crap. Like let me let me just be quiet for a minute, and then just being seeing that reciprocated in a positive sense to be like, hey man, how how are you doing? Just thinking about you, or, or just like having more casual conversation and not always feeling the need to like lead because I've like, oh I've got the age, I know this, I know that. It's like yeah it. It doesn't really matter what Astro knows if nobody cares to hear it.
2: And some of these kids, they're smart that I coach. And mm-hmm. yeah, speaking of like leading the conversation or learning just to sit back and listen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Some of these kids, they, the things they say, I'm just like, I learn from them. There's also like the education here is taken seriously. And these kids are getting a far better education mm-hmm. than I ever got yeah. from public schools in Florida. So like, it's like, it blows my mind how smart these kids are. And like- yeah. How much they've already learned. You know, obviously, you know, we're all learning at mm-hmm. different levels and at different rates, but it's impressive. It's fun.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, I think back to what you were saying about the the environment really matters. Like I I don't want to condemn like all of Florida or all of Georgia. It's like just different pockets. Like you can have some somewhere that, like where I went to school in North Georgia, some of the things that people would say present day that they didn't learn, I was like, I must have gone to a really good school because they really put an emphasis on these things and even going to college and being like, I think I said it wrong the last time I talked with you. What I learned in four months trumped what I learned in four years. Like there there was good things that I learned in four years of like high school English, but like not with that streamlined focus as to like, this is what we're doing and here's how you do it. And then you get to practice, whether for us it was like, 4,000 word essay, 2,000 word essay, because we were meeting, I think it was twice a week. So like twice or three times a week. And it was just like, you you had to constantly write. And like, it's like, okay, if I'm running out of things to write, I actually got to go read some stuff outside of the books that they're telling us to read so that I can actually know yeah. and Then it's like, okay, now I see it a little bit differently than I was in the moment to like, the reason you work a job or you you join the club or you make friends is to like really develop as a person and like experience life to where you're not just kind of operating in a silo but even like on your own you can pursue adventures. Like, I'm sure you could tell me a story about not only your approach to go rock climbing on a weekend, but just like what, what was going through your mind? Like what, okay, I, I went here. Like you could be so descriptive about like, here's what I'm doing as I'm climbing and just being able to see that now it's, I guess I can't be upset of like what, what the heck was going on during those four years of high school or like the three years of middle school. But it's like, okay, like I got to this point here where I could kind of put it together and I have like better tools or just a better understanding of like how to make this work. And even you talk about past college, what will now be 10 years out of college and seeing, okay, this is how these things that were basic, like they still apply. Like people might talk differently, but like the the principles, the simplicity of the thing are still the same. Like If you're going to write critically, if you're going to think critically, you got to like sit and take a minute to consider what's the approach? What's your end goal? What are you trying to communicate? Is that communicated effectively? What's your word choice? What's like your pronunciation? Is it clear as you're as you're writing it out? Because it's like. I could text you real quick and there'd be like all types of um, misspells in it or spell check, And it's like, you might get the gist of what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, it's a shorthand conversation. Right, right. So, you know, talking about like the middle school and high school version of you, Mm -hmm. you know, for men versus women, Mm -hmm. we're speaking on neuroscience, our prefrontal cortex isn't fully matured and developed, you know, until we're like 30. So like... (laughs) Literally middle school, high school, and even like college for those who started right out of high school, like us understanding emotions and how to like um what to react to things. Yeah, it's like yeah. we aren't fully developed yet to to the full capacity to actually take on those thoughts and feelings. Mm so you know and that could also be another reason why like college is easier for me now versus then. Mm. it could be another variable or layer yeah but
1: it's it's funny that that's an interesting time i guess from just about what would you say 10 years old to 30 that's a big gap
2: because it's a it's big like gap but like from,
1: from 10 to 20 years by the time like you're coming to the end of your teenage years you're like oh i'm a man now i understand like i got to, to testosterone i could run through a, a wall and then like the 20 to 30 years it's like huh like maybe it's like the late 20s or so and you just i remember thinking to myself like what do i actually know <laughs> and, and then now it's like 30 and like you slowly working through your 30s um um what i'm allowing myself to question things but i'm not um marrying myself to too many ideas to be like this has to be right and like i'm staying concrete enough in what i what i think or how i think to where that's kind of like a guideline but at the same time like when i hear something that's counter to what to how i would see it i'm taking more time to look at myself rather than like trying to judge why is that person wrong like yeah. because that would just be like does not compute and it's like something's going on here like are they trying to trick me are they trying to, but of course it's like there are people that will try to trick you or like we were saying teasing they're trying to cover up something else that they're dealing with so it's like they may go on the attack and it's like instead of having to operate from a, a defensive position where it's like, okay, I've got to be on my guard 24-7 because yeah. like don't wear the wrong colors, don't wear the wrong shoes, make sure this is pressed. Don't. It's like there's so much mental energy in trying to fit the mold rather than just understanding who you are and just continuing to develop as a person through the things that you actually enjoy.
2: Yeah, that's, that's what's nice about... Uh, moving away from the old career and like now Mm. is kind of literally what you just said it's like not worrying about how you dress and like i can finally just i can be relaxed and be myself yeah and not have to worry about like i think it was yeah i'm growing my hair out right now and my Mm. in-laws are like how long are you gonna grow it (laughs) or like i was like i don't know Tell i'm tired of it yeah and they're like well why are you growing?" i'm like well because you know back in the days of construction i would have been ridiculed for it yeah like but now no one says anything to me. like you know i i my hair as long as it is now i just feel like if i were to go into the office building on the vogel project there's mm-hmm. a few offices i'd walk by where i can guarantee someone would have something snarky to say
0: right right
2: and it's just like but now it's just like hey how you doing no one cares yeah it's, it's like so nice
1: <laughs> I,
0: always, I remember
2: i remember uh, I, I got my septum pierced Mm -hmm. during like covid and you know when on the project at the time we had to wear masks and stuff so Mm -hmm. i was able to hide it but when i took it off i had i caught so much bullshit Mm -hmm. sorry for uh no people because i got it pierced like why'd you do that yeah you know and it's just like why does it matter
1: yeah the thing that's funny about that, it's like sometimes people, a friend of mine said this today, it's like there's a difference between being assertive and being aggressive. And I think people confuse those two. It's like it's good to be assertive and there's a place for aggression to be. But I think so many people lead with aggression thinking that they're being assertive instead of just saying, why did you do that? It's like if it's something that you're not supposed to do, they could just be like, hey, man, you, you're not... You shouldn't have the piercing because this, this and that, like just policy wise, something. like instead of just telling you directly what the issue is, it's like, is that like does not compute like I don't like what I see. I I I gotta talk about it. It's like it's yeah, bothering exactly. me. It's 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 in my eyes. It's that it's like, hey man, like, is that something that you wanted to do? Like, what's keeping you from doing? It's like, oh, my wife wouldn't let me. It's like I, yeah, that's a conversation you need to have with your wife. Like exactly. that that's got nothing to do with me.
2: So Yeah, it's nice to like just be able to be me. Yeah. Like it's so cool. You know, my coworkers, you know, we're all individuals. We all have our own styles Mm -hmm. and it's cool because it's like, I'm the guy with shorts, tank top and checkerboard shoes. And you know, my manager wears baggy clothes and this person wears this. And then we're all just like so happy to see each other. And we're all like, we have our own styles. Mm -hmm. And it's just, that's cool. And members of the gym, same way. You know, people show up. They all have their own styles and it's just like, Hey, how you doing? Cool. Yeah.
1: The yeah. goal is the same. You're you're there to work out, you're there to learn, you're there to develop. Not there to ju-
2: not there to judge. Yeah. And I even That's like awesome. people that participate in my group workout classes, like especially people that are newer. Mm-hmm you know, they, they'll they say, oh, I haven't worked out in a while or I'm whatever. And I'm just like, hey, you know, let's not speak negative to ourselves. Like we're here to grow, here to learn. Mm-hmm. You go at your pace with what you're comfortable with. And let's not worry about what other people are doing. Yeah. Or like Friday morning, I had two private lessons for climbing and both people I had, I brought to their attention where they weren't able to do something or they would say something that was negative to themselves. Mm-hmm. And my question to them is, you know, is that really helping you if you speak negatively? I'm like, if you had this, I can't mentality or whatever. So I was like, maybe you should challenge yourself to like change how you think instead of I can't, I'm not able to do it right now mm-hmm. or I'm learning, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, I don't, you know, I express it in that my style of coaching is I, to also like to coach on like more of a mental and emotional holistically versus just physical. Mm. So it's like if you show up and you're speaking bad about yourself and you're speaking poorly about your performance, is that helping you or is that actually hindering you? Mm-hmm. And then like they got on board with what I was saying and then like they turned around what they how they were talking about themselves and like they're actually doing better. Yeah. you know? It's so funny it's like, that
1: the power of words.
2: Words matter. I teach that to my kids. I teach that to all the people that I coach. Words matter. What, what I say to you, what you say to me, what we say to ourselves matters you know yeah so it's like let's not put ourselves at a disadvantage let's not speak negative about ourselves right and especially I,
1: we're talking about the world we already lit well i guess you'd say the world you live in the area that you live in it's like life's already going to be hard Yeah. you don't want to make it harder every single day that you take a step every single day that you open your mouth you don't want to just like set yourself back like a whole day a whole year a whole 10 years
2: a part of that though and i've been learning a lot about this lately um expectations Hmm. is if we show up to whatever we do we show up to life if we put unrealistic expectations of ourselves on ourselves we're going to constantly be feeling like we're not doing enough we're not achieving enough we're not good enough and it's just like no actually Lower your expectations. And I'm not saying lower your expectations to like, in a sense that it's like you're backpedaling. It's like you set the bar too high and you're not able to reach that high yet. Mm -hmm. and that you're going to constantly keep falling short so like because i you know that's one thing that i have learned and like my wife and i it's just like hey our expectations of each other or our expectations of this you know she'll put me in check hey check your expectations you know are you expecting to do something more than you're capable of doing at the moment Mm -hmm. so like with people that i'm coaching you know kids especially they'll come climbing and that they have these high expectations in themselves i'm like look you're not there yet. Yeah. One day you will be there, but that's not today. So it's like, come back to reality.
1: Yeah, that's true. The, the expectations you keep will either help or hinder you. And you'd yeah. be surprised what you can actually do with the lower bar. Because um, I'm going to go see this um, speaker next weekend or next Monday. And one of the things he always talks about is like starting with your room, like cleaning your room. And the way that he described it psychologically was like, if you look low enough at like what's even on your floor and what you, if like if you're willing to look there and deal with that like there's so there's enough of what you actually need that's there that will get you further than where you think you need to go because it's like if you're trying to what's the expression reach for the moon yeah but it's like you haven't thought about like how do you get off the ground like yeah. you're just stretching you're <laughs> you're not really doing a whole lot you're just like Oh yeah, I'm reaching for the moon. It's like cool, but how about you like touch your toes first?
0: Yeah. <laughs> like you can exactly.
1: do you can do both, but it's like one goes with the other and it helps to to start low and then when somebody looks at you and they're just like, Oh wow, you're winning a gold medal at at the um um this powerlifting competition. It's like, yeah, I didn't just I might have won it on the day on this past weekend, but like I've been training for over six years of my life, and like here's how you do it. Like we talked yeah. about like just stepping up, like understanding the functionality, and even you taking the like before you took the music class last semester. And then like this time you're taking kinesiology, which is like the, um, it's the study of body movement. Yeah. Is that human
2: right? human movement. Correct.
1: Human movement. So it's like, all. it's funny even seeing like how people, I don't know if you thought about this, but like how people structure these classes that like you get a credit or it's, it's kind of like what backs up your reputation, but like. To your point, some of this stuff, it's like this is boring. Like I thought this was supposed to be fun. It's fun in the activity that I'm doing this, but it's like, why do I need to know all of this like stuff that's just like this is basic stuff? Like, of course, like this works like this, of course that works like that. But like just kind of seeing the guts of what makes the base is um it's something. It's it's like, huh, maybe it's um it doesn't always click in the moment, but who's to say five, ten years from now, now you just start spitting back facts from this notebook and you're like it's it's not going to make it less boring (laughs) per se but it's like it it still serves a purpose
2: well to make a a really cheesy analogy i mean kind of you know you're saying reach for the moon if you want to get to the top you got to climb there Mm. whether that's you know or you got to take the steps you know yeah so it's like to get the education i have to start from the beginning yeah you know to clean the room pick the things up off the floor first and work your way up mm. you know
1: hey i like your analogy it's straight to the point <laughs> not too much cheese on it <laughs> the thing i, I found that I've, i'm appreciating more and more is really simplicity it's like it can be easy hard or everything in between but if it's simple it's like it's clear what needs to happen
2: yeah it's a lot less stressful too
1: mm, for sure. And it, it's funny when we started, it was like dark and then I just see the fog is like in the yeah. background and it's, it's, oh, wow. I was going to say yeah, it's, it's lifting, it's, but it looks like it's, no, it's in full a, effect.
2: This is a typical morning. Yeah. Awesome. Um, for the sake of camera view that way mm-hmm. is uh West. So the ocean, mm-hmm. which is. Four miles from here to the beach Mm -hmm. and that's where all that fog is just rolling in Mm.
1: do you do you get out that way i know you spend a lot of time climbing and in the gym like do you yeah stroll by the by the ocean
2: it's too easy i hop i hop on my bike and Mm. i ride through the park and i'm there in uh like 13 or 14 minutes something like that yeah it's
1: pretty good pretty easy ride
2: yeah it's just it's like right there (laughs) it's so close (sighs)
1: Yeah, I'm definitely. I'm looking forward to the trip for this weekend. But at the same time, I'm I'm even looking forward to just like having this conversation with you and just starting the week. I'm like, man, there's there's more than enough to do, and I I actually have the time to do it. And sometimes I scratch my head thinking, like, am I am I forgetting something? Am I forgetting something? And I'm like, ah, if it's important, it'll, it'll come to me.
2: Well, I I, I enjoy that you invited me back because. Um, this is a, this, these conversations we have are like, it's a good reflection period. Mm. And I think it's a good, it's a fun time to grow, but it's also fun to grow with someone you're, you know, with you who, you know, you're on your journey, you're growing, you're building out your podcast, you're building out your brand and it's fun.
0: Yeah.
2: It's a lot of fun. It's to like just bounce ideas back and forth, get caught up on life, Mm. get deep on, on some topics. Yeah. It's, I think it's very healthy. It's, it's a good time.
1: Yeah. Well, Um, I guess, as as you mentioned your business earlier, is it, are you promoting it online or how, how do you want people to- I have
2: an Instagram page put together, but it's bare bones. I still, I have have a website put together. It's bare bones. Like I've got my business plan is outlined. I outlined Mm -hmm. everything. I've already filled in some of the blanks, Mm -hmm. but there's more to fill in. So like you know, I need to sit down and actually work on my business plan because you know that's like your roadmap, you know, of how you're yeah. gonna grow and what your goals are gonna be. And it's like you know, it's, I'm doing a disservice to myself to like not spend time on it. Mm. But um, yeah, it's um on Instagram, it's something. It's I I literally have like one picture and there's like no gotcha. bio or anything because like. <laughs> I need to take time to like do the bio.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, give give yourself time to do it. And I am sure if you, you yeah. send it to me, I'll I'll have it in the notes and, and things yeah, like I'll that. Send it so to people you. get it to you. And but, um, the, go ahead. No, but yeah, it's
2: athletic alchemy. Mm-hmm. So I'm I like it. I'm and excited.
1: the the thing I would say that you you're doing well and just keep the similar approach for your business page is that for your personal page, you just you're sharing what it is that you do. And it's it's pretty straightforward. It's nothing complicated about it and just even working with people in the gym or or reaching out to people, like just observing how they how they put things out. So if it's like if it's putting out one thing a week or just something that's tangible to to the story that you want to share, I I think you have a pretty good grasp on it. But like you're saying, give yourself the time to to just do it and make sure that it works with the hats you have to to wear in life to where it's like you don't want too much time into this or it's like, okay, if we put this time here for this, it's hey gonna be busy for a minute and yeah it, it's funny i'm just Damn i'm man. i'm looking at the things on my plate too and i'm like mm. i'll work through that and a lot of things i'm like i don't want to just just have word vomit and just say a bunch of things and then at the end of the day like not actually do them and i'm like okay let me slow down breathe and then we'll see what needs to happen next yeah awesome well from the, the question i asked you at the beginning as i always like to ask are you still who you said you were
2: well yeah the first um time we met i said i was a work in progress and i still am but now i can at least say you know i'm a college student i'm a coach and i'm a
1: husband awesome. so and i'm well, proud of that i'm proud for you it's Thank a pleasure you. having you on and we continue to do this more check-ins and just see how we yeah. progress
2: yeah I, I like this natural approach because it's like we wait another six seven months and like there's so many things on your end on my end that changes in our personal lives and it's like well, what what are we going to talk about next <laughs>
1: Oh, there'll be plenty yes All right. thanks David
2: appreciate it